Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your fearless host, Angie Scott. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Scott. I decided to take this week to do a rare solo episode and kind of catch you up on some things that are going on. Lots of exciting stuff. I've also got some stuff on my mind and hopefully share a little bit of inspiration with y'all. So this episode is unfortunately not coming to you from the Lance Truck Camper Mobile Podcast Studio. I am, however, in the truck so that's kind of my mobile podcast studio for, for this week. And I'm going to fill you in on the whole story behind the camper. So the truck camper journey really began toward the end of 2019. After spending a lot of time down in Florida last fall with the Redfish Roadie Road Trip, I started thinking about how awesome it would be to design a life somehow that would allow us to be able to go down to Florida over the winter months. As many of you know, I'm originally from Minnesota, and I was never a huge fan of the snow and the bitter cold. I moved to Nashville not to get further south, but to work in the music industry, but that was kind of a nice side effect. The Nashville winters are still pretty cold, though, and it's a totally different cold than up in Minnesota. It's a wet cold, and it hurts, I think. It does me anyways. I'm not a fan of Nashville winters either. So we figured out a way to get down to Florida. And there's just been a lot of pieces that have had to come together. But, you know, it's been a, a long journey. Blood, sweat, and tears making this happen. But I think we finally are getting close here. So so we started looking at travel trailers at the Nashville RV show back in the beginning of 2020. But we were concerned about how we could pull a boat behind a travel trailer. I know people do it and uh, it is a bit of a hassle and a pain. And so we weren't sure if, you know, that was going to work for us or not. And because we plan on fishing the LBAA this year, the Lady Bass Anglers Association, the Women's Pro Bass Tour. And with that, if we're going to invest in an in a RV, it would be nice to use it for the, the tournaments as well so we don't have to stay in hotels. Well, as fate would have it, when I had Vanessa Fors from Mustang Survival on the podcast, they linked me up with one of their brand ambassadors, Kayla Jockamson, who happens to be Brandon Polinick's cousin and is married to Bassmaster Elite Angler Carl Jockamson. And they lived in their Lance truck camper for four years with their dog. So when I did that interview, the topic came up and it really got the wheels turning in my head. Truck campers have come such a long way since I was a kid. They have models with slide outs. You got your shower, your toilet, your kitchen, just everything you need right there in the back of your truck. But the best part is that the jacks now allow you to take the camper right off the truck and then you just lower it back down to the ground for stability. But you can stay in the camper while it's not on the truck. And that allows you to be able to have a vehicle that you can run around with. And, uh, you know, it's just a little bit more mobile that way. And that just seemed like it was going to be the perfect solution for us. So I started looking at truck campers toward the end of October. That's kind of how long it took for all of these parts and pieces to kind of come together for this plan. And uh, we had the goal of getting on the road down to Florida right after Thanksgiving. 
We really lucked out considering that good used RVs are hard to come by in 2020. And the search was on for ours. So when I, I searched for truck campers near Nashville, Tennessee, and ironically, the very first one that came up when I did my search was the Jockimson's Lance 1172 as they prepare for next season and getting a new model. I was very tempted, but that one's a bit out of our price range. It is Lance's flagship model. It's the same one that Morton's on the Move use, who were my guests last week when they went up to the Arctic Circle on a six-month truck camper adventure and it's got two slide outs i did get to go inside one by the way and it is huge it's hard to believe it's a truck camper when both of those slides are out it's so roomy but the very next one that came up was down in huntsville alabama which isn't too far from nashville and it was a 2016 lance 855s so the S, it, this version does have a slide out as well where the dinette is. And it was at a place called Bankston Motorhomes. So I jumped on it right away. I gave them a call and I put down a deposit to hold it because it was going to be a couple days before we'd actually be able to make it down there to take a look at it. And I'm glad I did because I found out that the that camper had actually been sold. A couple from Texas came up to pick it up and the truck that they bought was too small for the camper so unfortunately they weren't going to be able to buy that camper and went back on had just gone back on the market so that's one thing that's really important if you decide to go the truck camper route is you want to make sure that you get the right truck for that particular camper they're all different and the the campers now with all these features are very heavy and so you want to make sure you're going to get have enough payload to be able to handle it and even then there might be some extra parts that you need to put on the truck and uh, that ends up being the case for us and that's why we are not in the mobile podcast studio this week but more on that in a little bit uh so we we did get down to huntsville took a look at it. it's great shape only had one owner well taken care of so we went ahead and decided to go forward with that particular camper then the next step, like I mentioned, was get, getting a truck. So these these Lance 855S truck campers are designed for short bed trucks. And they say you can do a 250 or a 350. I really would recommend at minimum going for a 350. I personally would have loved to have been able to do a dually, but they don't really make short bed duallys. Dodge has a mega cab option. Uh, that's a dually, but from what I understand, the, the length of that bed would throw the center of gravity off for that camper and not it wouldn't be a very good ride. So it could potentially even be dangerous. So we decided to go with a single rear wheel Ford F-350 diesel truck, and we just happened to find one that had the styling we were looking for. Right out in Nashville there at uh, Mid-10 Ford, which is a dealership that's been around there for a long time. And it just so happened that that truck, the owner of the dealership had been driving it as his demo truck. And so he'd put 19,000 miles on it already. And so that actually gave us a pretty nice discount on a truck that size. It's a, a lot of money. This is a huge, scary, big freaky investment. I've had a lot of anxiety over everything, but I just feel like the way things are going, that this is just the, the path that, that we're meant to go on. So 
went ahead and took the risk. So now that we had the truck, the next step after that is to get the parts that you need for that particular truck to secure the camper to it. So there's some tie downs and turnbuckles that you need. And then we also were going to have to get an extended hitch to be able to pull a boat behind the camper. And so we went to work on finding those parts and it was kind of tricky to figure out which exact parts we needed for that particular truck. So we ended up just ordering them through the the camper dealership since they're the experts. And they go through a third party to get them. These are the Torquelift brand, which are highly recommended. Lance uses on their stuff. And it turned out that the parts weren't going to be able to come in until the end of November, which was definitely not the news that we wanted to hear. So with with all while all the pieces were coming together, one of the other things is I had the idea to reach out to Lance Camper to see if they might be interested in partnering with the Woman Angler and Adventure podcast. So I did some research and reached out to the head of the marketing department there, sent them the media kit along with a, a little plan on what I thought that a partnership would look like. And uh, I was very, very happy that he was interested and we got it all worked out. And so that's why Lance Truck Camper is the mobile podcast studio for the Woman Angular and Adventurer. So with that partnership, I decided to go ahead and have the camper wrapped to help market Lance as well as the Woman Angular and Adventurer podcast as we travel around to different tournaments and other events. So I went ahead and got reached out to a couple different rap companies in Nashville or the Nashville area. The first one I reached out to didn't want to do it, which kind of surprised me, but I guess there's a lot of detail when it comes to all the different doors and latches and vents and things like that on a truck camper that you have to work around. So they just didn't want to take on that project. But I called another company in Franklin, Tennessee, called the Rap Lab or Label 615 and talked to the owner there, Rich Novia. He was awesome. He was excited about the, the project and he was even familiar. So I wanted to go with the Earth Roamer look, which if you've not seen those beasts, go on Instagram and look up Earth Roamer. There are these, I think they're on 550s, and they're designed to go off-road, off-grid, and but they also, they're like a half a million dollars, which is way, way beyond uh, anything I could afford. So, But that's the look I wanted to go with for the studio, and Rich was already familiar with those, and so he was excited about designing a wrap that would kind of achieve that look. So that all worked out. They got us on the schedule. The first, first, soonest they could do it was the beginning of December, which again, you know, delaying our dreams of getting down to Florida. But since the truck parts weren't going to be in until around then, anyway, it all kind of worked out. Well, then we hit yet another bump in the road. We got the phone call that the parts actually now weren't going to ship until January 25th. And that was definitely not the news we wanted to hear. But thankfully, my wife Dana has an aunt and uncle in Florida, and they were really excited about us coming down. And so they offered to let us stay at their house. So while we were waiting on these parts and everything, we were at least going to be able to get down there and get out of that cold Nashville weather. And we were already ready to go. I mean, it was already getting down in the 20s. And with that wet, wet cold, yeah, we couldn't wait to get to Florida. So 
in the meantime, I was kind of working with Lance to see if they might be able to get their hands on the parts sooner. So they were working on that. But as Christmas was approaching, we finally got on the road down to Florida for at least a couple weeks while we waited for parts to arrive. We had a blast down here, taking rides on golf carts around the neighborhood. Dana's aunt and uncle live right on the water on the Manatee River, Terracia Bay. Just beautiful. We love looking at the boats and all that stuff. I got to visit the Freedom Boat Club headquarters in Venice and do a training with the head of sales, which was super valuable for me. And some of our other favorite parts while we were here was visiting Siesta Key, Anna Maria Island, spending some time on Christmas Day with some of my family who are down in Cape Coral. So that was really nice to be with family on Christmas Day. We also took a boat out from Freedom Boat Club Palmetto and we were on the Manatee River. Finally caught my first fish of the trip. It was my first ever Spanish mackerel. We didn't have any live bait when we went out, so I used a little pink pompano jig that Camp Captain John Han gave me when I fished with him down in the Everglades in the fall of 2019. I tipped it with a little shrimp-flavored fish bite, and I guess that did the trick. Uh, it was a pretty windy day. The tide was really low. I'd never really had to deal with that before, so that was a cool learning experience for me. We were driving a, a center console, Cobia, and so that was also different because I'm used to pontoons. So it's it was fun, a fun experience. I also got to meet up with a fellow podcaster, Blake Johnson, who's host of the Rookie to Pro podcast. He's a full-time RVer and he's staying in Palmetto with his family. So that's where we were. And so that all kind of worked out. We, we met up and fished around a freshwater pond in a public park hoping to score some bass. But we didn't have any luck. Uh, a cold front had just come through. It seemed like the fish were pretty well shut down. So hopefully we'll get another chance to meet up and try it again. But so while we were down there, we found out the parts had finally come in. And thanks to Lance and Torcliffe for being so awesome and working with Bankston Motorhomes to get their hands on those parts. So we started making an action plan to get get them, go back up to Huntsville, get them put on the truck. We decided to just go straight to Huntsville this time around instead of going to Nashville and then and then back down to Huntsville. So we got a hotel in Huntsville the night before so we could be there first thing in the morning. They said it was going to take pretty much all day to get that those parts on. And then we would do the walkthrough with the camper and head back up to Nashville where we were now scheduled to get the wrap installed the very next day. We had a pretty tight window because... We had plans back down in Florida the next week to do a video shoot with uh, one of the companies that I'm pro staff with. So we stayed overnight in Huntsville, went straight to the service department in the morning. We were there maybe a couple hours when the service manager came back and broke the news to us that unfortunately the wrong front tie downs had been shipped. So we had to come up with another plan. So Dan was awesome at Bankston Motorhomes. He went into action, got us a loaner car so we could get home, and he's having the parts overnighted and then arranged for a driver to take the camper up to the wrap place so that wouldn't be delayed, and they were going to do that the next morning. And so it's kind of funny. Our loaner car was a 1997 Mercury Grand Marquis, but it, it worked out pretty good. It was a smooth ride, and the trunk was big enough that we were able to fit all of our stuff that we had with us from Florida and get it back up to Nashville. 
So we went to the rat place the next day to meet the driver when he delivered the camper and finalize the wrap design with Rich and pick out our colors. I had to grab the, the fuel door off the truck and bring it with us so we had a way to match because the, the idea was to make the base color of the wrap match the color of the truck and then have the graphics in a flat black to kind of achieve that earth roamer feel. So it took them a good three days to get that wrap installed, and they got it done at the end of the day on Friday. So we, Bankston Motorhomes, arranged for a driver to pick it up on Saturday. Rich was awesome enough to meet the driver there on, on his day off, and they loaded it up and took it back down to Huntsville so that we could go down there Monday now that our truck was done with the right parts and do our walkthrough. So the original plan was to just do our walk through the first thing Monday morning and then start driving back down to Florida immediately from there. So we brought all our stuff with us. Since the camper hadn't yet been on the truck, we we packed as light as we possibly could because we weren't quite sure yet how the truck would handle the weight of the camper and we didn't want to add any extra unnecessary weight the other issue was the tailgate was still on the truck since it hadn't been home yet. So we were just hoping that either the camper might fit uh, with the tailgate down or Bankston would be kind enough to store it for us until we could get back home. But as with this whole process, things don't always go as planned. It was really fitting when the that Monday when we headed back down to Huntsville from Nashville in the Grand Marquis that it was snowing pretty good and it was really cold. Thus, the camper was winterized, and so we t thought about that and decided, oh, we'll just have them fill up the tanks right before we leave, and then hopefully we'll make it far enough down south where the temps would be a little warmer when we stop to boondock for the night since we didn't have a reservation at any campgrounds. So we did our walkthrough, and I got to tell you, it's pretty overwhelming. There's a lot to learn uh, since we're not experienced with RVs, I mean, you've got your generator, the the batteries, keeping the fridge cold, draining the tanks, you know, how to winterize it, all that kind of stuff. And it was a lot to digest and to think about that we were going to immediately get in the camper and stay in it, boondocking for the first night nonetheless. And it was just so cold and snowing while we were doing it. Uh but after the walkthrough, it was time to get the tailgate off, which they did agree to, to let us keep it there until we came back up. And then we got to load the camper onto the truck for the first time. That's There's quite a bit. I'm sure after we do it a few times, it will get easier. But you do definitely have to be very, very careful that you're not going to bump anything while you're backing the truck up to the camper. Make sure that it's up high enough and, uh, and that nothing's going to touch. So... So we we got it all backed up straight. Everything was good. Lowered the camper down. Realized that the bed of the truck is too deep and that the cab over was touching the top of the truck. And you definitely don't want that. You want some clearance there. So Bankston Motorhomes was kind enough to send a runner over to Tractor Supply to get one of those thick mats that you put in like horse stables to put in the bed of the truck in order to give it some clearance. Well, tractor supply was out of the mat, so they, they got two thin mats to stack on top of each other, and we were going to just roll with that. So we put it, backed up the truck again, loaded it back on there, and this time there was just a teensy bit of clearance over the cab, and the 
the guy there felt like that that was going to be fine for us. So, so then we had one more snag. The camper has a backup camera on it, but nobody could seem to find the monitor that connects to it. So they ended up right at the end of the day now at this point, putting on a whole new system, backup camera system for us, and which was awesome. But at that point, we said, you know what? It's already dark out. We're just going to get a hotel again, and we'll take the camper there. It was about two and a half miles away, stay overnight, and then we'll just hit head to Florida in the morning where we had reservation for a few nights at Lake Griffin State Park for that video shoot that we had scheduled. Well, we drive the truck and the camper off a lot into the hotel and quickly noticed it had quite a bit of sway to it that we weren't comfortable with. And so some people, I guess it's a personal preference. Some people, the sway doesn't bother them at all. Some people, it does freak them out and it could be a safety issue. So we went ahead and decided that we needed to get some extra parts put on the truck to make it a little more stable. But I have to say, it looked really, really good on the truck. So that that was awesome. And it was fun to see finally it come together like that. And we're really, really excited about it. We showed up, went back to the dealership in the morning, and we talked to Dan, the service manager, told him what was going on and what he thought. And we kind of thought that this could be the case, but we wanted to see how the camper was going to do on the truck before we made any further investments in extra parts. And uh, I recommend that. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, we were hoping for the best, but um, some of the parts that you might need are people use airbags, stable loads, and sway bars. Well, Dan thought that uh, the airbags would more than do the job for us, so we went ahead, got those ordered, And because of our tight time schedule, we had to drop the camper there at the dealership and load up the truck again and just head back down to Florida with the truck only. So the company I was doing the video shoot for, uh, they were kind enough to arrange for a hotel last minute. So that was awesome. And uh, more more on that to come probably in March. So stay tuned about that. But uh we had to put the tailgate back on the truck as well, and uh, and then we we made it back down to Florida finally, but unfortunately without the actual studio. So here's hoping that the airbags, which are scheduled to come in sometime in February, we got uh, scheduled to install them at the end of February. So fingers crossed that does do the trick and we don't have to add a sway bar or anything like that. But it kind of works out good because we'll be able to take the camper back up to Nashville, get familiar with it closer to home and really learn it before we hit the road on a big trip. So in hindsight, I think it's probably all for the best. So anyway, that's the story on the mobile podcast studio thus far. I mean, it's a huge deal and a huge investment and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears just to get to this point. But we're really, really excited for the future. And obviously, you know, like I said, love how the wrap turned out and the look. We definitely achieved that Earth Roamer look with it. You can see photos of it on the website for this episode at thewomanangler.com slash 167. So I got to fish Lake Eustace on the Harris Chain and the beautiful Dora Canal and Lake Dora for this video shoot. 
I was running a Lund bass boat that Freedom Boat Club Orlando set me up with, which was awesome. They went over and above to make all that work. I was a little out of my element because, like I mentioned earlier, up till now I've been only running tritunes and fishing from them. And for the most part, I use a remote control for my trolling motor, so I don't use the foot pedal a whole lot, uh, which is challenging in and of itself. But uh, I was there for two days, so I was really thankful I made the decision on day one to go out and just kind of get familiar with the boat, get familiar with the area before actually doing the video shoot the next day. And where Freedom Boat Club is located is there right on the Dead Man River. And in order to get out to the lake, you have to go through this really shallow, narrow canal. And it was covered in duckweed. And it was that was a weird experience. But I was thankful, like I said, I did it on day one. Because on day two, I had to meet the crew over at the city boat ramp by 645. And it was pitch dark. And that was sure a eerie feeling boating down that canal in the pitch darkness by myself. I'll put a picture of that in the show notes for this episode as well. Uh, obviously not at dark because you won't be able to see anything. But uh, thankfully, I happened to think about that and asked the dock master who met me there at 6 a.m. That was so awesome. Uh, she had a little spotlight and it only shined red, but that was enough for me to be able to see it was brand new. We had no idea how much charge it had in it. And I was so scared to death that it was going to cut off on me in the middle of that canal. But it did make it. And so that was definitely, I probably would have had to turn around if I didn't have that. Because you could not see a thing. That gave me enough light to make sure I wasn't running into trees or anything like that. So it was an the video shoot day. It was an absolutely gorgeous day. It was an awesome experience all around. It was a great crew to work with. I had a lot of fun, but I was fishing with a couple of pros, like seasoned pros who have done this many, many, many times. This was actually my first ever video shoot on that kind of scale before. And I, I'm going to admit, I felt really, really inadequate, not because of anyone else or anything anyone said or did. It was just a hundred percent internal thoughts and I know where I'm at in my fishing journey and how much I have to learn. And believe me, I felt and focused on every little bit of that that day. So this is why a post that Debbie Hansen made literally the very next day resonated with me so much. And I felt like I want to share it with, with all of you because I think you'll find some inspiration in it. Um, and by the way, Debbie was on the podcast back in the fall of 2019 when I was down in Florida, fish, we fished uh, Lake Babcock with her and did an interview. But Debbie's post said, stay focused, committed to bettering yourself, pay close attention to what you see and what you experience out there. Stop talking yourself out of opportunities because you don't feel like you're quote unquote ready yet which doesn't mean pretending to be something you're not. It does mean stop stop playing small and do the work to get where you want to be. Stop waiting for perfection or for the day when you feel like you have all the support you need. You'll be waiting for forever. Don't expect people to give you opportunities just because. Do expect to run up against resistance and critics because that's 100% going to happen but it's how you handle it that matters. You can sit around complaining that so-and-so doesn't respect you or thinks you have no right to be doing that, but that's never going to take you any place worthwhile. 
Let your genuine knowledge and experiences on the water with others tell the story. Ask for and take advice from those who have proven records of success, but never expect it. You'll have awesome days, and you'll have incredibly tough days, and everything in between. So when someone says, who does she think she is? Remember, telling them isn't going to change a thing. Don't bother wasting your time or words. Go out and show them. That was so well written and exactly what I needed to hear. I feel like that's how I've been living my life, but sometimes... You know, you do get those feelings of inadequacy and wondering and questioning yourself. And I've had a lot of anxiety over the years, a lot of the big things like this whole mobile podcast studio. But at the end of the day, you know, life is short. You just have to keep moving forward, taking risks, getting outside your comfort zone, because that's the only way you're going to grow and have amazing experiences. So I hope some of you find that inspirational. Um, So many of you out there that I follow on social media lately have been unbelievably inspiring. A lot of you are facing major challenges, but you're persevering. Uh, A lot of people have medical issues going on, and uh, I'm just so inspired by so many of the amazing ladies that I've come to know because of this podcast, because I put myself out there and started this thing. And, um, you know, Previous podcast guests, even Kate Field, Hannah Stonehouse Hudson, Barbara Harris, just to name a few. I just want to say thank you all for sharing your experiences and being an inspiration for me. The other thing I've been doing through this whole process is speaking of growing and and trying to better yourself is to get in shape. Like a lot of you, you know, with gyms being closed and being kind of isolated during COVID, I'd definitely gotten way off track. And I know in order to be a better angler, I need to get in shape. So I started using Noom. You've probably seen it. Uh, I didn't really know what it was. And I finally clicked on an ad and it's an app. And uh, so far, I really highly recommend it. It's nothing extreme, which has been all the other things I've ever tried have always been so extreme that you just can't maintain it. It actually teaches you the psychology behind our eating, but it does it in a fun way. And everything's in baby steps, and uh, they're not a sponsor or anything like that. I've just been using it for a few weeks now, and I highly recommend it if you're struggling with that like I am. So haven't lost any major weight yet, but it's uh, like I said, it's baby steps. And uh, definitely keep showing up every day, and uh, it will happen. So... So lastly, I'm going to leave you with this. I've been a huge fan of the You Are a Badass books by Jen Sincero. In mid-2020, I ordered her You're a Badass desk calendar, which has daily doses of inspiration. Well, I was really disappointed when I received it that it was a 2021 calendar and I was going to have to wait. But now that 2021's finally here, I've been using it daily and I absolutely love it. So I just want to share the message from this past weekend um, on the calendar. It said, Unlike most anything else, gratitude puts us in close contact with the spiritual realm. Gratitude, above all other thoughts, unites you with universal intelligence, a.k.a. God, or whatever you want to call it, because you're basically matching your frequency to the frequency of the universe via thoughts of feelings and love. So be sure and spend some time in gratitude every day, multiple times a day if you can. It's so very important. 
All right, guys, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening and giving me an opportunity to catch you up on the Chuck Camper adventure. And there's lots more to come. I've got conversations coming up with Linda Leary from Fishy Wear, another amazing lady pioneer who fished with the Bass and Gals tournament circuit. And I'm hoping to connect with saltwater angler from Tampa, Misty Wells, soon and much, much more. So be sure you're subscribed to the podcast on whichever platform you listen on and stay tuned. Thanks, everyone.